0: Hey everybody, that is Gary Smith. Hello, that is Kaz Kenny.
1: Kapow and
0: I am Eddie Bramble, and this is episode fifty-four of the Blackwater's Edge Podcast. Oh, fifty-four,
1: funny. along with a few technical difficulties as we got started here. Yeah, it? yeah, it was that's year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every weekend seemed to have something to do with something in our lives, right?
0: Yeah, it's always like that. So. <laughs> Ka- Everything's numbers. That's, <laughs> that's always, It's so. always numbers. That's right. Kaz, why don't you start us off with this week's fishing report? So
1: it, it's pretty cut and dry. You know, it's pretty much been snakehead, snakehead, snakeheads, 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 a few bass here, a few bass there, um, some crappie I heard. Uh, you know, you got the migratory white perch in here right now, so a lot of people are catching some pretty decent perch. You know, I've heard of a few 12 and 13 inchers. I've seen some pictures. So, uh, you know, we're seeing a few perch here coming in. Uh, if you know where to find hickory shad and things like that, you might find a few of them around uh, a lot of the gar are starting to show up in some areas. Uh, so if you're a gar guy and you like them, um, you'll be able to find some of them around here real, real soon. Uh, I've seen several myself. Uh, what else? I mean, it's, it's just basically snakeheads, you know. That's, that's, that's it. Everything that's been going on here. I mean, everybody's catching a lot of snake. Not everybody, but some people are catching that's some. A, some people aren't catching some. You're watching uh, guys complain. Yeah. You're watching guys brag. So Here's, it's just here's what I've flop, learned. You since, know?
0: since we had that cold snap, what was it, last week when it snowed for a day? Yeah. It's been spotty since then. Ever since, I, and, and, ever since it snowed.
1: And the thing I've tried to tell people is, at night, you know, it, it's cold. So right. if the tide has been pulled out, which we've had extremely low tides here the last week, mm-hmm. I mean, they have been low, 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 and even up north, you know, yep. they've been low. So what you got to take into consideration when you're coming here fishing and you're all excited to come, just like everybody else, it's all about timing. It's all about catching the change the rollover in the water i like to call it in the afternoon you know when that cold water finally gets enough warmth to it that excites the fish to go in a little bit of a feeding frenzy and do their thing but you got to keep in mind that when the water is out and that mud is just laying there at 40 39 44 degrees all night long just exposed and that water that's 47 comes over that 39 degree water put that average together. You're back down at 43 degrees. So you just totally shut the bite off. You've, you've, you've got them not entertained anymore and they just want to get warm. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) exactly right. When the sun's not shining on, it gets cold. (laughs) And one,
0: one thing I've learned talking to people for the past week, ever since that cold snap hit, it's been an afternoon bite oh it, yeah this I mean, especially this this time of year usually is anyway but ever since that cold snap it it really takes all day for that water to get to the right temperature for well, them to get active
1: we started doing some filming yesterday before right. the, the, the media platforms and um you know it's just like anything else you know when we filmed with mpt it was x amount of times before it came together you mpt
0: know? took three it, or four shoots yeah
1: i mean and, and me with dnr i mean god how many times were we shooting to try to lay down the footage that they needed so you know, you just have to be patient, you know. And yesterday, I, I don't think me and you, we, me and you pretty much lost our patience <laughs> by the time the <laughs> afternoon came come around. I caught a catfish. Well, I mean, Eddie Woo-hoo! missed Eddie missed a big snakehead at one yeah, I spot. I you missed a big, man. I, I was
0: so mad, too. He would just miss that bait. He met, was about six inches behind it.
1: I missed a fish one time, not four, but six times.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Yep,
1: and then there was another one, you know. I cast it, and it was four times. He blew behind that maps. Boom, 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 boom. Yep. You know, it's just, the, I don't know what, it was a commitment thing, or I did notice, this is something i always like to look what's in the water so where i was yesterday i noticed that there was just thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of these little like i don't know if they were mosquito fish or what they were but they were tiny 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 and in front of every pipe we were at you know wherever that tide was going out if you really put on a pair of glass look down a little bit or even take your little butterfly net sometimes just dip in front of you that'll give you a great idea of what's going on in front of you knowing what the bait is that you're dealing with really plays a critical role in my fishing every time I go. So when I saw guys that, see me, you know, dipping yeah. that stuff. That's why I'm doing that. I want to see what is it that I'm not doing. So in an application like that, you know, yesterday my buddy got a small chatter baits out and he nailed him at right. the spot. You know, I was just going to say
0: when, when, cause I went, when I, when we first started, I started throwing the, uh, the five and a half inch, Hyperlastics is what I started yep, on. Yep. Yep. Could not I mean, nothing even looked twice at it. Just let it swim on by. Never even had a nibble or nothing. I switched to that the four and a half inch uh hyperelastics. That's when I missed the big blow up. I saw that. And then I switched to a uh the micro chatterbait with our three and a half inch swim bait and now I missed three or four blow ups on that one and that was even more frustrating.
1: And then the same spot that we were at Yep. Four hours later, phone call comes. Everybody's out there nailing them. I'm sending a couple friends over there that had a tough time through the day. They wound up getting some fish. I think the coolest thing is how we all kind of help each other. Oh, yeah. That's you know, always that, the that's best like, thing. That's like the coolest thing. Catfish-wise, you know, we're still seeing some catfish. You know, we're seeing something a little funny here in Blackwater, and it's just the amount of gizzard shad that we're seeing now pouring into some oh of these goodness. nets. And the numbers are just like we've never seen i don't want to put the numbers out there but it's it's a pretty crazy number you know and, and you've been hearing me talk about the effects of the removal of mm-hmm. smaller pan, fish just pan, pan fish just any kind of fish when you we start removing things from from that circle that are responsible for predating on that particular species these are the effects that you're going to see you're going to see explosions in shad you're going to be explosions in the carp you're going to see explosions in those kind of fish i think
2: it's interesting that there's They've caught a few uh, snakeheads this year with carp in them. Yes, I've yeah, seen the, that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
1: we had it's. We I mean we 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 knew the black salties worked, and we even had a video. I think that cornflower did last year, the year before, where he cut one open, and it was actually a black salty that he yes, would I, it was, buy think at a pet store. And that thing was like this big. It was like a three pound fish. And then we had that carp last week with Justin. That was eighteen inches and a thirty two inch oh, fish. Pantry's getting dry,
2: man. Yeah, He's man. Get what's left? Yeah, That's
1: man. right. I, we might have to start a food feeding program here to keep things going. You know, maybe we can start <laughs> like a like a snakehead homeless shelter for these guys that run out of food or something. I got a perfect shelter doing just for fine. them. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I wouldn't try it. This, yeah. fishing wise that's about where we are but you know before we get into some crazy stuff i don't we give away something real quick I out the agree. what do you think gary give something i out? agree oh, oh, give yeah. it away where's where that grab bag at? you seen that grab no, bag no anywhere candy i'm cool <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what i'm trying to do is keep him off my candy see i got got my little stash sitting over here and he's in here working my, on my candy corns over there was All 352 right. pieces there's only 42 now something in here what
0: we got whoa
2: is that old school? That's old some school old school tackle. Well, there we go. Yep. So there's a pack that's of a one cool runs. Color, like that, a, that's the color them boys said was working there, pretty good yep. with that glitter in it. It's got a good glitter I it. think.
0: I think to win that, you need to say, keeping it old school. Sounds good to me. Yep. Keeping it old. First one to say, keeping it old school gets that bait.
1: I'll tell you, let's go ahead and give away something else, too. Let's give away a couple things while we're at cool. it. Let's I'm have hot. some fun. Let's have some fun. We had a pretty good day. Today. We had cool. a pretty good week. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, that, that's whopper a good plopper. one. A
0: whopper yeah. plopper. Oh, I've got, I've got it. Whop it like you plop it.
1: Ooh. There you go. Whop so, it good.
0: You say that in the comments. Whop it like you plop it, and, and you get the whopper plopper. There you
1: go. So, uh, you know, um, the eel pot guys, you know, they're, they're seeing a few eels this year, which is kind of good to see some eels coming in. Not a lot, but uh, they're seeing a few of them. Um, I'm just trying to think, uh, you know, I mean, the white perch. The yellow perch are pretty much done running. You'll still catch them. They, you know, they, they stay here. You may see one or two here and there. We did hear of a couple people that have found some. Not a, not any kind of number, but just happy to hear that they found a few. Right. So that was a good sign. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that's about everything I'm fishing Up to the north, you know, it's been the same thing. You know, you look at Roy and them guys up there on the West Side Snakes and everything they're doing. I mean, they're struggling just like we are. I mean, not that yeah. they're striking out, but, they, you know... The heavy hit hasn't happened yet, and this is what people don't understand. You know, everybody sees these massive pictures on Facebook today, and then they're gone for four days, and then they see them again for a couple of days, and they're gone for a few days. Yeah, but the top it's all water, about top weather.
2: Water it,
1: it's all about weather right now. You know, some a lot of guys are are hitting some top water, believe it or not, yeah, in the afternoons. You, gotta, you, you know, know what I mean? The they got to be in evening time. You know, and you got to know where them shallows are. But. If you're coming here and you think thinking, you're just going to fire up a 100 fish right away. Has anybody done it? Yeah, I know a few people have caught over 100 in a day. We, I mean, all three of us do. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, if you're looking for that day, you're going to have to wait another two weeks, I think, you know, before that busts open, when before we get to the pairing stage that everybody's just eating like piranhas. Even talking to the netters, you know, they're saying the same thing, that we watched the snakeheads kind of pull back from where they were in these nets because the water got cold, so we moved the nets a little lower south, and you know where we found them? A little lower south in some deeper water. So, you know, I mean, I just
2: hope that it doesn't uh, doesn't go right from cold to hot and then just well, yeah, pair up right on yeah, top. Yeah, we, we've if had we can, that before. You if, know, if we
0: can get a, a decent line of spring weather, I think it's going to be on fire. And I'm and I'm hoping. Here's my hope. If we can get that good two weeks of, of a solid 75, 80 degrees, get that water temperature back up. Not just that, but, but stay above 50 overnight,
1: I mean. You know, not dip down below 50. You know? I,
0: I think it's going to line up just perfect for right. that May 1st tournament.
1: I think it is, <laughs> I, think <that's, laughs> yeah, I, I think we're going to have a pretty good uh, pretty good harvest down here for that baby. I'll tell you that because you just looking at nets and looking where we are with that – and seeing the first influx, and then seeing the pull away, then seeing that that influx come back, and we loaded hard, and then to see him pull back again with the cold weather, I think that the delay is actually going to make the first you know biomass that we see pretty pretty extravagant. So that's that's really a good thing. I mean, cat wise, like I said, you know, over in a lot of the bridges in the Marshy Hope and uh, up up in the Chester River, you know, catch some blue cats, big blue cats. Um, up the bay, I've seen some pictures of some big bass being caught, you know, in the South I've seen a few pictures of some snakeheads being caught up there, but, you know, as soon as Bush Creek and all them places open up and it gets warm, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. I can tell you That's that, it. you know?
0: So I think before we get into our guest, I'm going to give away two more. I'm give away two more prizes. Two more. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Here we go. we got a pretty special guest today. Oh yeah. That's going to be a fun one. Koozie. Oh, ah! Yeah. We wouldn't say case. that one. Yep.
2: My Koozie's empty.
1: <laughs> I love cheesesteaks, I love cheesesteaks.
0: Say, I oh, love cheesesteaks. You get that koozie.
1: Okay. One more. Old school again. Uh-oh. Now, that was the one that I liked right there. Yep. I think I gave Carl Ward a couple packs of them, too. And really, that is kind of like the color of that. Monster Mint. That, that shaddy mm-hmm. gray, white, perchy, little Ooh. bit of everything blend. You know what I mean? Monster Mint. You know I,
0: mean? I like that, Gary. You Monster go. Mint. So you I, again, want, I want Monster Mint. There it is. So, so you, for the koozie is I love cheesesteaks, and for the, the baits, it's I love monster men.
1: I love monster
0: men. Yep, so there we we'll go. Go for bro? <laughs> yeah, one more. Why yeah, not? Yeah, why not? Go at it.
1: Another old school. Another pack of old school. Now, these lures right here, again, these are one runs, and I did give some of these to some guys that were down to the south fishing down in Cape Charles and out on the tunnel, and I can tell you what, they caught some really, really nice trout on them things. So, that was good to see those pictures. Thank you. All righty. What
0: well, do they got to say for that one?
1: I love trout.
0: I love trout. All right, so uh, you got any more, anything before we get uh, into our guest? I mean,
1: I pretty much think we covered everything. When um, I tell you, Mep, Meps did a lot of work this week out yep. here. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Dixon's baits did a lot of work out here this week. You know, we'll get into talking about some of those baits that were effective. You know, a little later on in the show, but I, I think without any fair ado, let's uh, let's bring him on, man.
0: So this week, our guest is Congressman Andy Harris. Congressman, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing fine.
0: All right, so for those who don't know, uh, why don't you tell a quick background about how you got into politics real quick?
3: Well, you know, uh, my, my parents uh, were refugees, really, from Eastern Europe, from communism. They came to this country. Uh, to them, you know, what the government does is it was always an important thing to keep an eye on, so uh, after, a, you know, a career in medicine, i I'd, you know, entered politics, I still do practice a little bit, practice medicine a little bit, Uh, but now most of my time is taken up uh, being the congressional representative for Maryland's first
1: congressional district. Wow, that's amazing. So, Andy, you know that down here we have had, you know, let's just call it a snakehead invasion. Let's call it what it is. Um, You know, my thing is You know, when we realized that we had trouble here and things were coming together, you know, we reached out to several agencies, including yourself. I know the public would love to hear about the money that you've allocated for the great state of Maryland and the help afforded by that money. How were you able to allocate this funding and how did this all come about?
3: Well, as you know, I I sit on the Appropriations uh, Committee and uh, because of that, you know, we have oversight of the, the whole federal budget and where monies are spent. Uh, I realized that, uh, you know, the federal government doesn't spend a whole lot of money on invasive species. And, uh, as, as we've kind of proven in Maryland, uh, there, there are important, inv- you know, invasive species issues. Uh, right now, snakeheads, blue catfish, uh, they're, they're very important issues. And, uh, so, uh, in the, in the appropriations process, uh, a year ago, what I did is I introduced an amendment to actually target funding, uh, for control of snakeheads. And uh, it's only the second invasive species that's been targeted in a federal appropriations bill. The the Asian uh, carp, which is the problem up in, in the Great Lakes and especially the Chicago River, uh, was was is the only other species targeted right now. But I felt it important. It's important for the uh, vitality of the Chesapeake Bay. It's important we get the species under control. And uh, honestly, since the Chesapeake Bay covers several states, it's a reasonable thing for the federal government to get involved in.
1: I agree 100% with you. And we've watched what's happened here just simply in Blackwater with the snakeheads. And and it's it's great that we want to touch on blue cats too. You know, blue cats and snakeheads, kind of two different environments, you know. The snakeheads, they like that shallow stuff. The blue cats, they like a little deeper water with more oxygen. So we're going to have to kind of come at two different angles to kind of handle this species, only because in the black water, when the blue cats get in there, they don't live. So we know that that's not the issue that we're having. We know the snakeheads are 100% the issue within the refuge complex. Out in the bay, you know, the crabbers are talking about, you know, how many crabs and rockfish are seen in the bellies of these blue cats, you know. So, you know, that that's something that I think is very important for us to touch on. Um, you know, an, another thing I was thinking about was the rockfish decline. You know, we've seen a lot of rockfish decline around the bay. And we also know that those snakeheads like to inhabit a lot of grass beds and things like that. So, you know, one of the things that we've been thinking about here is what role are snakeheads and blue cats playing in with the decline of the rockfish? And we know that you're very familiar with, with what's been going on with our rockfish situation here. You know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, you know, have- good.
3: Yes, abs- absolutely. No question about it. You know, all these all these species interact. I mean, there's only so much food in the bay. So when you, when you have the tremendous growth of uh, uh, the snakehead species or the blue catfish species, you know, other species are going to suffer. Uh, aside from the fact that obviously that that uh, that younger fish are also younger rockfish are also consumed by the by the invasive species. So you've got it's a very complicated uh, scenario.
1: Oh my lord! But what not.
3: you've got to mm. do yeah you you've got to control the invasive species i mean the bottom line is, is they can get out of control we we did it and we may touch on it today with nutria uh on the on the uh, lower shore and uh, this this is just an example of where we've got to look at invasive species we've got to look at their effect on the entire ecosystem because obviously the crab population and the rockfish population are very important economically for the bay and we certainly can't do anything that would threaten them
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the greatest things that we're doing right now is educating people. And that's how we're going to get people involved. That's how we're going to get people to be more active in harvesting these fish. And I think that this is something great that we're we're doing all together for not just the community, but for the whole entire state of Maryland. You know, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and I know we all feel funny about masks and things like that, but... We just recently heard about some mask mandates and we understand that they may possibly be asking us to wear them on the workboat. What have you heard as far as the mask mandate goes here in Maryland for these people that are working on the water? Have you heard anything about that?
3: Well, yeah, so the origin of this of this mandate was the executive order that President Biden signed. I think it was on his first or second day in office that required masks on all federal transportation. So if you go to the airport, you have to wear a mask. Uh, but what got caught up in it is that uh, that the commercial fishermen hold uh, federal licenses. They are, they are determined to be part of this federal, you know, transport transportation system in some way. And therefore, we found out that the Coast Guard was actually uh, potentially tasked with uh, with enforcing the mask mandate. Uh, on commercial fishing boats. And we thought this is very unusual. You know, this is outdoors. I mean, the science pretty clear. Yeah, the science pretty clearly shows (laughs) you don't get COVID outdoors, much less working, working on a boat where the wind is blowing. (laughs) And, uh, so, so we, we wrote to the Coast Guard and we, we, you know, we said, look, we, we think that, that you should spend your time on better things. There are more important things the Coast Guard does than actually, you know, uh, you know, climb aboard a fishing vessel to make sure everybody's wearing a mask.
1: And that, that, that seems like that's a lot of extra work. If I'm thinking the way you might be thinking, you know what I'm saying. So, so, so has the
0: Coast Guard responded yeah. to that to, to that letter yet?
1: Uh, well,
3: well, I think informally, what we've heard is that they really don't intend. Uh, although, yes, technically they could enforce it. Uh, what we understand is they're they're just not. That's not. They're not going to consider that one of their primary objectives, which is actually the appropriate uh, the appropriate response. Uh, they, they they have much more important things to do.
0: Yeah, I think I think they would agree with you on that matter. So, so back to the the rockfish a little bit. Is there is there any update on on the the latest rockfish news as far as the uh, as far as what's going to happen with the commercial seasons this we, year? And we, we
1: know right now that it's, you can't even do catch and release on right. rockfish or anything like yeah, everything's that. Everything's closed and, right yeah, now. Everything's changing up.
3: That's right. I understand April. Right. There's 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 no uh, catching at all of rockfish. Uh, look, the population. Uh, we're going to have to see what's happening, again, with the invasive species, with changes going on in the bay. Uh, I hope we don't end up with another moratorium, but right. honestly, we might be heading that way. Uh, that would be devastating, I think, for, the, uh, for some, of the, some of the economy, certainly for both recreational and commercial fishermen. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we got to keep a close eye on it.
1: This is a thought that I want to throw at you that I don't think a lot of people have thought about. So let me just toss this at you real quick. A lot of the decline in rockfish, you know, they point the fingers at the commercial guy. They point the fingers at the, at the recreational guy. You know, I've been sitting here just looking at the, the, when they were kind of showing up in the upper bay and in the Susquehanna and how much is up there around Aberdeen Proving Ground is just unreal. It is unreal what's going on in Aberdeen Proving Ground. But the bottom line is, you know, with these fish going north, You know, they're going to have some impact up there, but the rockfish, you know, all those rockfish travel, you know, all the way up the day to those flats, Susquehanna Flats, you know, all the grass beds in front of Sassafras, Gunpowder, all those places. That's where they reproduce. That's where those young stay for six to eight months until they're big enough to swim up those creeks, you know, to spend the summer there and get a little bigger so they can start going back and forth and not get ate all the time. One of the thoughts that I've had that I'm not sure many people have looked into.
0: We've talked about this quite a bit, though.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been talking about it a lot. You know, you've seen this rockfish decline kind of happen as these snakeheads were actually booming throughout the bay. So my question has been, I think that we need to take a look at these grass beds and see what's going on because if you look at the shape of a snakehead versus a largemouth bass, one of these things that snakeheads are great at is rooting like a pig through stuff. So they can get in that grass and just three or four of them push the bait out to another group of fish waiting above just to eat them. They, they'll work together like that. You and, know? and the
0: problem we're really seeing now is is we know that snakeheads are in the Susquehanna grass beds. Absolutely. And, and, and we're worried that the snakeheads are really having a... An adverse effect on on the rockfish population, regardless of what the recreational and commercial woodmen are doing.
1: And a lot of this problem could be helped, and we know we're we're asking for a lot. A lot of this problem could be helped if we could get access to some of these closed waters in the upper bay that they're not letting us fish, because honestly, all they're doing is just pumping out millions and millions of snakeheads that aren't being caught. You know what I'm saying? So that's something I think we look at as far as the rockfishes. Are these snakeheads having any kind of effect? We know the blue cats are, but now that we have the snakeheads in the picture too, what is that doing?
3: Yeah, we we, we have a lot to learn because, again, snakeheads are new to the Chesapeake Bay. They've, look, they've been around Maryland now, I guess, for about 15 years now. Yeah, ago, I was on the first study in
1: Crofton, believe yeah. it or not.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's where they started. I was in the state senate on the committee that yep. uh, heard the first testimony about them. Uh, you know, but but we're... but. They're relatively new to the bay itself, and we're going to have to learn a lot because if we don't understand exactly those kind of interactions, like you're saying, you know, in the grass beds, out in other parts of the bay, out in, uh, again, more shallow waters. We have to understand what the interaction is uh, because we can't afford to threaten the rockfish population.
1: And and it's not just that it's deeper. It's ducks. It's things like that. Wood ducks, you know, things like that. So, I mean, it's so much deeper than the surface and that's where we've got to start as a community looking at what, what this domino effect really is from the top down to the bottom, you know? And I want you to know, I appreciate my time talking to you. I'm going to give you over to Eddie, Eddie continue, Mr. Congressman Harris and, uh, Thank you very much for your time today.
0: So, so shifting okay. gear, shifting gears. Uh, so what are some areas where some other areas where, where where we're getting involved at the federal level to to help help the the su- sustain the environment here on the Eastern Shore?
3: Well, we're going to get uh, one thing we 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 are uh, doing is we've controlled uh, nutria. Yep. Again, I touched on it before. Another invasive species It was devastating the Blackwater Refuge because nutria you know, eat the roots of the uh, of the plants in the swamps and uh, uh, large areas were being uh, were being destroyed in the black water. But, you know, with the successful effort, it's lasted about 12 years uh, with a successful effort. We have eliminated them in Maryland. Uh, they do. Now they're showing up in Virginia, apparently, but we're going to help them el- uh, eliminate them there. Uh, but we, we do have to do that because that's all part of the ecosystem. Everything that's, uh, you know, everything that's done with that. Uh, the other thing that, that we've, we touched on briefly are, you know, the, the migratory birds, uh, both geese and ducks. Uh, you know, the, I know a lot of people are disappointed that we have, uh, you know, the, the one goose limit in Maryland, uh, one a day limit. But, uh, you know, the, the reason is that, that we have a whole lot more hunters. I mean, this is one of the most famous places for goose hunting on the, uh, on the East Coast. And because of that, the pressure is pretty high on these flocks. So I'm not sure again until the populations uh, begin to increase I'm not sure that we're going to uh, be able to change that limit uh, which puts us at a little disadvantage to our surrounding states where the you know the bag limit is two but uh, you know again we we have to watch that population pretty carefully
0: so uh, the do you, mallard do you expect yeah. anything to 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 maybe the is there any expe- expectation that that populate, that we could have a moratorium on geese anytime soon is 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 that declining even further
3: no, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a moratorium. I, th- I think that what we'd see before we had a moratorium in Maryland, we would have a bag limit decrease in the surrounding states, and uh, we're not even hearing that that's going to happen. But but I don't think we're going to go back to the to the two uh, the, the two uh, goose bag limits and uh, you know soon. But uh, but you know we have again. We just have to watch the populations of all these uh, whether whether it's the fish, whether it's the birds. We just got to watch these populations carefully the uh, mallard duck the mallards uh we know that the uh atlantic populations is steadily declining over two, over two decades uh so those harvest numbers uh, were cut as well uh but uh, we think that uh, that's that might be a little more serious because uh than the geese problem the geese problem was from a from a bad uh season a bad nesting season a couple of years back but the uh, mallard duck population is a steady decline, so that that's actually a little more worrisome. I think we're going to recover the geese population at some point. Uh, the mallard ducks uh, we're going to have we're going to have to watch very carefully.
0: And, and like like Kaz was saying earlier, I th- uh, in the local a- here, area here in the in the Blackwater, anyway, that's a big part of that has been the snakeheads. When I mean, we. I don't know if you know or not, but here at the store, we sell uh, duck lures for, for snakeheads, and, and they're a big hit. I mean, if you, if you take them into the area where there are wood duck boxes, you can catch them all yeah, day we, long in the summertime. We, we,
1: we tell folks here all the time, you know, that uh, that that you know if you're fishing and you're out in Blackwater and you see a wood duck box, you see something like that, make sure you make a couple casts around it because yeah, they're, they're smart yeah. enough. They've learned over time. that The weirdest thing about these fish is the memory that they have. You know, and, and they know that these duck boxes, there's going to be something. There's going to be ducks coming out of it, maybe a snake, uh, uh, something else, some litter bird. You never know right. what's in there, a mouse. You know, they know that's a good place to find a piece of food. So, And we've got plenty of gut content pictures of, you know uh, – Feet webbing in the stomachs, you know the bodies, you know, and things like that. I've talked to several of the guys here that raise ducks, and you know their biggest thing is they are having problems raising ducks because the ducks won't get in the water once they've been bit three or four times on their leg. And it's not so much they're they're dying because the snakeheads are eating them; they're dying because the snakeheads are causing infection in their feet. And when they get back in the water after it's cleared up and they get bit again, they're like, "I'm not getting the water anymore." Now the foxes and coons and everybody's picking up all these ducks that they're trying to raise, you know. So again. What people aren't seeing is the domino effect in this picture, you know.
3: That's absolutely right. And there's no question it's affecting the duck population. Uh, No question at all. And and like you say, because we know what the stomach contents are uh, on the snakehead. We know that that, uh, they, they like ducks.
1: And muskrat, I mean, that's the thing. I've had muskrat guys here come to me like, Kaz, what's going on with muskrats? You know, the muskrats, they're not they are not on the banks. I'm not getting them. And, you know, we've got plenty of pictures of muskrats in their stomach, you know. So if they're not afraid to eat a two-pound or three-pound meal. And that's what I think folks don't understand is that we've introduced a new predator to this circulation that's three times the size of what our previous non-native resident or whatever you want to call largemouth bass is. You know, you got fish that are only averaging you know, two or three pounds, you know, most places when they, when on an average where when snakeheads are rooted in, you got, you got them averaging eight to 10 pounds. You you have totally replaced that predator with a predator that eats three times the amount of food that a bass ever ate. Like I said, that, that this whole domino thing, people aren't looking at, you know, it's, it's crazy. And we've got to tell people.
3: You're absolutely right. There's no question about it. Uh, this is a different, uh, predator from other predators, uh, because of the, the wide variety that they eat, they eat larger things. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's very serious. And, again, that's why I was glad to be able to have it designated. It's li- literally only the second invasive species in the country that has targeted funding. Yeah, it's very Brent,
2: nice. I, I know, Congressman, you were talking about the Asian carp a while ago. And, and the snakeheads are very much like them. The Nutri program, I mean, look how long it's taken to eradicate them. I think the last one uh, identified in Maryland was May seventh, two 2016. So it's a pretty good shot that they're pretty much eradicated from Maryland. But the Asian carp, not so easy. You know, they can they can travel, they, they move, people move them. And the people that can go out and catch snakeheads and, and transport them to different places. Uh, they weren't uh, transported by birds and turtles and whatever else that moves in the water.
1: Into Pennsylvania, anyway. <laughs> so so the, the, yeah, the that, nutrients are right, a lot then... easier
2: to, to get some kind of control over, it. and I, I don't know in the, in the future what's going to happen with, with this, but it's, it's going to be a very difficult road to do with the snakeheads. Uh, we can switch I, a little bit. Yeah. Um, how about CWC or CWD? I'm sorry, chronic waste disorder. I know on the eastern shore, it's nowhere near as prevalent as it is on the western right. shore. We, we have had some here. I know several farmers, one in fact, that lost 35 deer on his farm two years ago. I uh, uh, haven't heard any numbers near that, and you know, for the most part, on the eastern shore. But on the western shore, it's done. It's been drastic in some places. Is there any news on that, or funding for for studies on it?
3: Well, we, we do know that, uh, in really, out in western Maryland, not even central Maryland as many, but in western Maryland, it, it is a major problem. We know that. Uh, there is federal funding for the research of and for you know for mitigation of the disease and uh, you know the Maryland Department of Natural Resources does receive some of those dollars uh, for their work as well. Uh, we're trying to keep an eye on things because again it's it's rare on the Eastern Shore. In fact, I'm not. I get maybe it's appeared, maybe it hasn't yet, but we're going to keep our eye on that because we have to make sure that uh, that uh, we deal with this disease before it spreads and and we have to understand more about the disease. We have to understand more about uh, the dangers, how to control it. Uh, thank goodness for now it's not on the eastern shore. But you know it's only a matter of time. it's right. in western mm. Maryland, it will get here eventually.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think one of the biggest problems we've had here is that blue tongue. We've seen that a couple times yeah, every yeah. last couple of years, too. You know, we've seen uh, that. Like you said, l- luckily it's not been
0: prevalent yet. But like you said, it's it's definitely on its way.
1: You know, a question I wanted to ask you, Congressman, is this. You know, we know you've allocated some funds, and I'm very proud of the fact that, Of the amount of funds that you've been able to allocate so far for some of the research. Let's brag a little bit to to the public about some of the things that you've done on behalf of invasives. How much money has Congressman Harris been able to add to the budget here for snakehead research, for snakehead eradication? Here's the thing I don't think we're gonna eradicate these fish. But we have to have a program in place to get people to harvest fish. Yeah, you and know? At least
0: to mitigate the population.
1: And it's like I tell people, you know, when you come here, I'm not asking you to murder every fish you catch. I'm asking you to take a couple home. And the biggest thing that we've seen there, even talking with the netters that I work with and things like that, already this year we have caught double the numbers that we saw last year this early on. So what is coming forward this year, I think, is going to be just another doubling of the mass. The other thing is 8 out of 10 snakeheads that we're catching here are females. Why is that? We need to figure out why. You know, why do we have so much reproduction going on? You know, it's just... To watch it keep going, my my point is this, you know, we've been bringing the people here, we've been catching fish, and I'm talking thousands of pounds a weekend with no problem with all these people coming here and fishing, and we're still not making progress. That's what has us scared to death, and that's why we're scared to death for the rest of the state, being that we're not even there. Like, I grew up on the Bush River, and what I've watched happen up there in simply three years is just, it, it, it breaks my heart, you know? So, I mean, we know these fish are growing. What's going to happen in these other areas? We don't see yet. And all these guys that say, oh, we're not having a problem. It's too early for you to say we're not having a problem. So how much, how much funding have you been able to get together to help this cause? Let, 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 let the public know how hard you're working.
3: Sure. So, so in actual dollars, the dollar amount that, we've, that we had in the budget is $250,000 but more important than the dollar amount is that it's on the federal radar now. So again, this is that's an indication again, only Amen. the second invasive species named in the United States, you know, in an appropriations bill. This puts it uh, again on the on the uh Fish and Wildlife Service. This puts it on their radar screen. This makes it something important. It it, it facilitated for instance a meeting uh among uh to uh an annual meeting for, you know, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, Uh, you know, the again, Fish and Wildlife Service, a meeting every year that that where people get together to compare notes on it, because we've got to learn a lot about it. And again, even above and beyond the targeted specific dollar amount, this this means that this is this is something that's important. It's a multi state effort. Again, that's where because look. I'm a person who believes the federal government doesn't have to get involved in everything. In fact, I, I believe they should get involved in less than they are. (laughs) <laughs> but in this issue, it's a multi-state issue, and, and this affects multiple states. So it makes sense for the federal government right. to come in and, and kind of shepherd the resources, make sure that, uh, that that we're doing the right research, that we're that we're studying the fish. We're, we're again, we're looking at where it is within the Chesapeake Bay, and, and as we know, even areas outside the Chesapeake Bay now. Uh, so we have to. We, it, it, it was a very important start, and I was you know glad to be a part of it.
1: Well, you know, I always everybody always asked me, do I have one more before we go? And Nettie looked looked over <laughs> and said, do you have any more one more? As I said, I certainly do. So I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you from everybody here on the Eastern Shore and from the state of Maryland for everything that you're doing. The one thing that the watermen here on the Eastern Shore asked me to ask you is that you support them, and I told them you absolutely do. So let these boys here on the Eastern Shore know that you're here for them. You're not here to fight them.
3: Oh no! Absolutely. In fact, uh, we didn't we didn't touch on one of the other native species, the oysters. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, the you know the oyster population is important to support. And I know that uh, that the uh, you know the federal and state uh, agencies sometimes are at uh, loggerheads with the watermen uh, because you know again, and I'll put in air quotes here, the scientists. Uh, have one belief on how, how we can best in, improve our oyster population. And, and the people who are actually involved on a day to day basis, who are out there on the water, seeing what, what these efforts do and whether they're successful or not, the watermen, sometimes their, their opinions disregarded. So we have to bring these watermen opinions, uh, because again, they're the people, their livelihood depends upon oysters being plentiful. So they have a really vested interest in making sure that the oyster population recovers. We should pay much more attention to what they th- think and what they say and what their opinion is than I think otherwise some of the federal and state agencies would do. So, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I feel part of my role is to bring their voice into the discussion because Amen. otherwise they're just not, you know, they won't be listened to. Right.
1: You know, our, our biggest thing here was raising our voice. Our biggest here was asking for support. You know, and I want to say, like again, thank you for all the support you've given us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for getting the attention that we needed here. And uh, I I really wish that people around the state were more vocal, like we have been here, about what we've seen, instead of trying to protect an area or protect the fence. That's right,
0: Congressman. We don't want to take up any more of your time, but but like he like he said, uh, thank you very much. And if there's anything we can do to help you in Washington, to to where raise more awareness for, for invasive species or anything else, you definitely let us know, and we'll definitely give you a hand there. I can
1: promise you we're going to raise awareness, we're going to educate the public, and we're going to help build a better angler for the state of Maryland.
3: Absolutely. No thanks. And thank you. I'll take you up on that offer. And uh, I want to thank you for inviting me on the podcast.
1: Yes, sir.
0: It was great having you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you.
1: Thanks Have so a much. great day.
0: Is he off? All good. All that right. was good stuff, everybody. That was great
1: stuff. I'll tell you what, man. I, 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 what an honor for us. Fantastic. You know I, mean? I mean, what an honor for our community. What an honor for the state of Maryland.
0: Yeah, you know he know does a I great mean? job.
1: It's not just here, it's everywhere. That man works pretty hard with everything he's doing. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful. For, so, for all you out there that, that got to listen to Mr. Harris, I hope that you enjoyed that. Uh, we're going to move on to some things here. Yep. Uh Past that, so if you have any questions that you want to ask or anything like that, you know, be be be, ha- be happy to help in any way that we can. Uh,
0: just a heads up, uh, the Whopper Popper, uh, Brad Drotar, um, the old school, the darker grub, Jeremy Delanoy, and he also won the mint grub. Oh. And then
1: Monster double Mint. Double down, double down, baby. And then
0: B Canada won the uh, the trout grub, and she also won the koozie.
1: Hey, man, we got some double winners cool. this week. Some double cool. whammies, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess we should really let Gary kind of give him an, a, that a boy for the work that he's done here yeah, trying sure. to help get us this uh, SnakeheadClub.com. He deserves that. Yep. And, uh, Gary, why don't you tell a little bit about the venue that you helped us to acquire sure. so that well, we can get this Snakehead Club going in May.
2: We're, we're blessed to have a good location right in Cambridge. It's, if you can if you can find Cambridge, you can find a location. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the American Legion uh if basically you come over the bridge into cambridge at the stoplight when you get over the bridge you want to be in the left lane you're going to make a u-turn at the stoplight go back 200 yards and turn into the parking lot that's it the american legion is the very last thing if you're going back towards uh easton it's the very last place before you hit the bridge it's right there you just make a u-turn
0: uh and, and first
2: meeting will be the 7th of may no no no, no
0: the, excuse me. the uh the uh uh, where did I have it written down at? Oh just the May nineteenth. Yeah, May nineteenth. Yes. It's gonna be the third Wednesday of every month.
1: Yep. So we'll have our tournament on May first yep. and then we'll follow that in yep. two weeks roughly with our first meeting of snakeheadclub.com. That's, that's it. Um let's talk a little bit about the tournament. We're getting a lot of response, yes, a lot of feedback. Are. People are starting yep. to register. We want everybody to get in on this thing. We want you to be a part of this. So For, uh, this for is those be of you
0: for, for those of you who have not registered yet, it is May first. So let's get over there. Actually hold on, give me a Kaz talk, I'm gonna put the link right here in the video. So so tell them about tell them about the tournament.
1: So so on May first, you know, we're gonna do it, that. That's the date that we're gonna go. Um, as far as lines in, you know, everybody's been asking if they can start at midnight like we did last year. I know we're not gonna do that. You know, we're gonna do it right here. We're gonna start here at the Wolford store. We'll be able to get you parked either one side yep. of the road. We'll be we'll be able to have you safely. If we got a hundred cars, we'll have a hundred we'll cars out. here safely. We'll figure out the parking. We'll figure it out, and we've got the mayor behind us if we need some help with logistics. So, uh, just know that. This is happening, man, and it's going to be yep. big, and it's so, going to go down, and we so want you gonna, here. So What we're
0: going to do is, so everybody's going to meet here at the store, so there's no no chance of lines in too early. Once you leave the store, you can have your lines in the water. Um, everybody can leave here, I believe we're going to say 5.30. 5.30, yep. Yep, so 5.30 a.m., you're allowed to leave the store, and that's when lines can go in the water.
1: And, and we'll open up the store earlier. Yep. I'll come down here with you, and we'll open up, say, 4 o'clock or yep. something, so anybody needs to grab anything yep. for... For their outing, that they might have forgot. Because if you're like me, I can't tell you. how many tournaments I've we gotten mean into. You need
0: one more. <laughs> I get there and
1: I'm missing half the crap that I had on the list yeah. that I needed to get. You know, it's just that's my whole scatterbrain stuff. So I'm not good with lists, and I'm very very good at going to a tournament and forgetting the three essential things that I definitely needed to have. Yep. You know. So,
0: so but yeah. So May first, guys. I just put the link in in the uh, in the comments. If you don't, if you missed it, excuse me. If you missed it, um, there's also a link in the description of the video. Um for those of you guys listening to just the audio on our podcast sites, uh, it'll be in the description for for the uh, podcast uh, episode. Um, it'll be all I mean, we've got it all over the place. if you can't find it now, i don't I don't know how to help you. All right. but but all, all your tickets, so we're not doing tickets in the store this year. all all your registration is done online. So make sure you register online, you pay pay your entry fees all, all online. everything's right on there and that that's how you're gonna get into the tournament this year.
1: and and you know everybody has been asking about weigh-ins, weigh-ins, weigh-ins. <laughs> Your fish may not be brought to the weigh-in alive. Your fish may not be brought to the weigh-in half alive. Your fish must be. We, we need to know that your fish is killed. You your know, had fish a couple, needs had, to be dispatched. We had a couple times last year with just new people that yeah, weren't from here. It wasn't yeah. it legitimate mistakes. You know, they weren't from here. They were from out of town visiting their family yeah, and, were new, and, wanted, to and, wanted, and wanted to enter a tournament because their family lived here and they saw it on the store. Yep. You know, and unfortunately, we had to disqualify them from the tournament because yep. you can't show up here with a bunch of live snake it doesn't look good. Right. We will have DNR on hand like we have before, gut sampling. doing gut sampling and things like that. We're also going to have a program here for you folks uh, that we're trying to work out with somebody else. And Gary, you might want to touch on that a little bit with Toby, you know, donating some of the fish that you catch right. and we're going to donate that, donate that to a local homeless shelter. Okay. So it's also a good way for you as an angler to give back, mm-hmm. uh, to 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 what, to what we're asking for help for, you know what I mean. So, uh, Gary, I mean, maybe touch on that a little bit. You know, they're they're, they're going to bring the they can donate their whole fish, and we'll take it from there. We'll deliver them there, and this was all, you know. Gary kind of had his fingers in on this too. So, uh, again, Mr. Thanks, Mr. Toby
2: Mr. Toby Fry, who's also uh, with Coastal Conservancy, uh, has got made contact with with a uh, show, I believe, in Salisbury, that and is- and they're looking for. Basically, fish for for to feed the homeless with, and uh, I th- I think we're going to be able to accommodate them. But we'll probably at the first meeting, we'll uh, club meeting, we'll also have some more about that. Yeah, and we'll, yeah, talk to, yeah we'll talk and to everybody about it. You I know? guess while we're talking about it, at the club meeting, uh, we're going to have probably seating for about seventy people That's no right. more because of COVID restrictions. And
0: so, what we're going to do? Need to be a member. Yep. So, so we're he's working on it, it, tell it, you about. it. for the seating arrangements. It's first come, first serve for – so once we, get, it, it, once we get past 70 members before the first meeting – then everybody after that will have to watch online unless somebody and, says they're not going to be able to make the meeting.
1: And this is where we have the value for those that right. can't make it. That's why we set up this way. You know, we got guys that are asking about this club that are in Asia. You know, how can they be part of the club? How can they right. watch him while you join the club? They get and, the
2: door pass for longest travel.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just saying, we get, we're going to have people from everywhere that want to yep. see this because as the snakeheads grow and they spread – I mean, this is big hype, you know what I mean? That's right. And, and we've been in this business for a little bit, you know, I think a couple minutes anyway, and I think that uh, we'll be happy to help anybody that needs any help, you know, as far as getting registered and stuff like that. Now, another thing I want to mention too, Eddie, before I forget, we talked about the tournaments and how you could sign up for, for tournaments and you can get yourself right. free entry into the Club.
0: That's right. So, so, so if you want free membership to the Snakehead Club, sign up for all four tournaments. It's plain and simple. We don't have the, the registration up for the – Final three tournaments yet but we I'll have that before the uh the signups for the club are online so it'll all be up there if, if you register for all four tournaments you're in the club for free plain and simple and and you get
1: a free shirt you get a free care package you know it, yeah, we'll have something you're for getting you. your money back you know what I mean and, and the thing is you know every week at these meetings we're gonna have special guests you know there to do a piece we're gonna have the biologist there to do a little session we you know, door we're, we're, we're door prizes all kinds of stuff 50 50 raffles I mean you know, food at the VFW. Yeah, you that, know, that's um, another
2: thing too. Anybody who's yep. traveling to get here, the VFW will have.
1: Uh, oh, no, no, American Legion. Sorry, American American Legion. American I did Legion. It again. Man, on the you one. boys are, are something on I this. The, the, <laughs> the Legion will have.
2: They have a, a little concession stand there, and uh, I believe they'll have uh drinks available yep. as well as pizza and the, some. The, small the, the bar will be open, and they'll have
0: the, <laughs> the, the the some limited kitchen open yep. as well.
2: And this is practically a brand new facility. Oh my God, this oh, is beautiful. beautiful. They had a fire a few years couple years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm going to post some
1: pictures up tonight of the yep. pictures I took yesterday so they can see what, what the accommodations look like. I was very That's impressed.
0: Very, very nice. Yeah, beautiful place. Beautiful. So, um, and if you're a Legion member
2: yep. and you've never been there, I can say it's a brand-new facility. When you come over the bridge, make a U-turn and come back. That's right. It's definitely worth going in and looking at Got a beautiful view. You sit,
1: sit and have a drink and, and look at the water. It's just You're right on nice. the Chop Tank River, yep. looking yep. out there, watching people reel them in off the Chop Tank River fishing pier, right? <laughs> you got one or two more giveaways? One or two more? Yeah, I think we got some other stuff in here to give away. Let me see we got right anything in there, Gary. Take a look at that bag. I don't know if there's anything in that thing or not. Oh, uh, yeah. I got Kaz's well, wallet. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That thing be floating in the air. Oh, Remember? boy, yeah, look at that. about these things. Oh, man, man. what is that? These oh, are that's old the school. new three-and-a-half-inch. Yeah,
2: Snakehead Destroyer. Snakehead
1: Destroyer! I'll I tell
0: you them, what, man. they are rocking them on them, too. They yep. are. They are.
1: I mean, it, it, you know, yesterday I had a chance to sit down with Donna down there. I don't know if you saw that, but she yep. saw us. So we were stepping out the door and said, hey. And I came back in, sat down with them, and, uh, you know, I showed them how to rig up the swim bait and how to yep. – you know how to do it and uh
2: and
0: so. these are only available at wolfer store no they're available at anglers now as well. oh yeah i forgot about yep. that
1: yes so um so this was this, this was pretty impressive you know we got up to anglers you know we did an open house and uh, we were just we want to say thank you for everybody came out for you sure know, yeah, yeah, yeah. thank everybody and you know, everybody came out there that was buying them and uh, uh here here's where we are with it we only have a few packs left and we're waiting on a new order to come in so. what do they
0: have to say to win the beat?
1: Snakehead Destroyers with three exclamation points.
0: Snakehead Destroyers. There you go. With
1: three exclamation points. With plans. three exclamation points. It's got to have three. The last one be done. What else we got? We got anything else to do. Give the bag away, man. I don't need no bag.
0: There it is. There you go.
2: Nice bag. Oh, so courtesy of Maryland Waterways Foundation. With, let's so. talk
1: a little bit about that. August the 14th up in the Bush yep. River. The Maryland Bass Federation Nation. The Maryland Waterways Foundation. Snakeheadlife.com. Blackwater's Edge. The Bait Boys we are all going to be up there to help promote this tournament August the 14th at a Flying Point Marina or Flying Point Park. And then Roy Boyd, our good friend, he is going to handle Mariner Point Park for kayaks or two separate sides of that thing. And big, big money! Big, big? Big, big.
0: So, what do they got to say for the bag? Big, big. That's big, big.
1: Big, big. Big, big gets you the bag, guys it's so. pretty cut and dry, right? <laughs> um, so, just to touch on that a little bit, you know, that's going to be a pretty big tournament up there. So, you want to yep. start reaching out to Scott Sewell, you know, reach out to Roy Boyd, reach out to the Maryland Waterways, reach out to the Maryland Bass Federation. Let them know you care. Let them know you're interested. Let them know you want to help and come on up there and catch some fish. I heard Scott saw a snakehead big as a car and he realized it was a car. <laughs> uh, I, I, did, I did hear about that. So, for those of you, this is this is a good story. We're going to share that real quick. So, Scott Saint came down last week. We hung out, showed him some snakeheads. You know. Gave the Maryland Waterways a little bit of education on things and what to look out for up there. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the new LiveScope, you know, the fish finder. And uh, Scottsville said, yeah, man, we found two cars, man, submerged in the Middle River or wherever it was. <laughs> he says, and we sure as hell went around three or four times and they were definitely cars. So we called the police and they're going to come get them. They sent divers out, but there were no bodies in it. But we did see the day. Uh, one of those vehicles on a rollback getting pulled out. to it looked, it looked like a Chrysler 300 to me. And it looked like it should have a lot of barnacles on it. So it been down there for a hot minute. Had a nice yeah. had a nice barnacle paint job, if you might have had spinners on the headlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary said, he said, hey, man, that must be chrome tires. Look how shiny them things are on there. They're still you shiny can see, as can be. Yeah, man. The car's
2: all cruddy in the picture, but you can still see the chrome <laughs> band on the wheel.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, um, my God. Um, before
0: I forget. Uh, this week's Meps Angler Spotlight of the Week it goes to Frank Cherix. He caught this, and he didn't. I wish he got he'd have got the weight on this. I saw this post on I, I, I said, on thing. I said man, that is yeah. definitely the Angler Spotlight of the That's Week a right, there. right there. But right. that that is definitely a dragon. I wish he'd have got the nice official job, weight Frankie. on. But he caught this one on a Meps. So yep. yep so it was, that was a nice it, catch. It,
1: if you go through the p- the page this week, you'll see quite a few uh, picks in there with Meps catches. You know, and use the hashtag M E P P S catch. When you post that, and then what I'll do is I'll work with my folks over at MEPS, and we'll get you over there, and we'll get you on their page.
0: We're, we're not saying that if you use a MEPS, you've got a higher chance of being in the English spotlight of the week. But the MEPS angler yeah, spotlight of the we're, week. But... We're just saying there there may be some connection there,
1: and and you may very well get an opportunity to be spotlighted on the MEPs Facebook that's page right. itself and their social media platforms. So uh, we do got some news on that end that we can't talk about. That's yet. right. Yeah, we got some. It's that's really top really secret. top secret stuff. That top secret. So um, that's
2: not news. That's top secret. It is. Yeah, right. so, uh, so we've got
1: some meetings coming up here real soon to yep. talk about the new top secret stuff going on top down secret. here, uh, and we're really excited about that and looking forward to that. I'm just trying to think. Uh, Tournament-wise, we're going to have three tournaments here. You know, 4 ex- four, Four, I'm sorry. Explain about points. Because I've had people ask me about points, how does this thing work. So,
0: yeah, so we, we changed the system up from 2019. 2019, you were able to accumulate points through the main tournament and the Calcutta's, completely different this year. Strictly, angle-of-the-year points only comes from the main tournament. We had people who, who didn't understand that system until halfway through the year, and they were a little bit upset about the which I understand that. we, I, That's on us for not communicating right. it more cl- clearly. So, But this year – we're making sure everybody knows the points are only from the main tournament, not from the Calcuttas. That's all. The Calcuttas
1: are bonus money. They're That's big it. bonus money. It's yeah. not. They're yeah. not little twenty-five dollar oh, yeah. checks and ten dollar checks. We can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: yeah, everybody had a good time with them. Last,
1: yeah, I mean, the, the, guy, the guys who won money. I mean, we we gave away thousands of dollars. I yep, mean, thousands sure. and thousands of dollars, yep. not just a couple. Cal, thousand Calcuttas
2: dollars. can make a big difference. I mean, look at your uncle.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, when. Uh, my uncle, he he won the the Frankie, right? The, Frankie. Yeah, Frank. He won the the tuna for uh, in in the White Marlin Open, and he was not in the Calcuttas, and that was the difference between. Let's, I think he said he won ninety nine thousand dollars, <laughs> and I think second place took home it was like one point two or one point three million yeah, dollars. That, that's the difference between being in the Calcuttas for the bigger tournaments. I mean, we're not quite on that level <laughs> for the snake right. tournaments, but but still, you definitely feel the difference when you are in the Calcuttas. But I mean,
1: here is the thing: so the Calcuttas outside the spread that we're going to have that were that we know for sure. Let's walk through those Calcuttas again. And, right. And each, each additional Calcutta is ten dollars. Exactly, yep. To get into that, and that's separate from the main drag. And so, we'll so it, before you know? we
0: even get into the the paid Calcuttas, we have a free to enter youth division. Yes. Uh, sixteen and under, free to enter, and the,
1: the and Leroy Heisen, we want all you. We, you know, we want you to be safe, but bring them kids over here to right. these tournaments, man. They win big stuff, man. You know, that's we right. want to help you with what you're doing over there, trying to educate them kids. So, so, so the,
0: the youth division is free to enter. 16 and under, and the single heaviest snakehead wins the prize. There's no – so for the main tournaments, the top five get all get prizes in the main tournament. The Calcuttas and the youth division, it's only the, the top winner for each one. Re-
1: repeat that again. We're paying out on the top five places, not three. That's right, the top so five. So people know. And, and last one through year, five right. win
0: prizes. One through five win prizes. And then the Calcuttas, only the top winner, the, only the first place gets prizes in the Calcuttas and the youth division. So the youth division is free to enter, 16 and under, Um you just bring your fish in, we'll we'll weigh it, and then we've got you on there. The Calcuttas, you sign up when you register online, you also register for the Calcuttas. They are ten additional dollars each. And so if you get into everything for the tournament, it's gonna cost you ninety dollars. So
1: So the think, five the five cow outside we have. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, biggest.
0: yeah. So we have we have the, the the heaviest fish of the tournament. We have the longest And that
1: goes for the whole year.
0: No no no. So we got one hold on, I will got okay. I'll get to that. So we we got the, the heaviest fish of the tournament, we have the longest fish of the tournament, we have the most harvested with a minimum of eight inches in the tournament. So yeah, bring in every fish you harvest. What well, If you're in that Calcutta.
1: Dip them with a net, hit them with a gig. As long as they're eight inches, you got a bucket full, right. bring them in. The guy won last year, had a half-gallon bucket full of fish, and he had the most fish. So
0: the main tournament is your, your five heaviest fishes, your, your, fishes. your hot five heaviest fish, <laughs> your five heaviest snakeheads, and, it, and it's, a, it's a total weight for the five heaviest. The Calcuttas are: you have your single heaviest, your single longest, the most harvested over eight inches, and then your your heaviest for the entire year. So that's so okay. you have there's one Calcutta you have to enter the, the Calcutta for each tournament if you want to if you want to have your fish count for that Calcutta. So, for example, if, if you are in that Calcutta for the first tournament, you get a good fish that let's say it's ten pounds, and you, you're 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 in in the running for for it. Let's say in the second tournament you don't get into the Calcutta, you catch a 12 pounder. We stick with your 10 pounder in for the longest of the year because you right. didn't enter that Calcutta for that right. tournament. Right. So, you got to make sure you enter into that one for each tournament for it to count for when you catch that fish.
1: And if it's confusing and nobody understands, just simply just give us a call, it, send a PM, us a message, whatever, we will take we'll we, we will, straight and we will get the right you. Direction, yep, we will you answer
0: know. it as, as clearly as possible.
1: And I, I think the cool thing is, you know, at the end of these, now, now that we have the American Legion as a venue up there. I mean, now we'll be able to bring the banquet back at the end of the year. We'll be yes. able to have. Yes, that's, know, that's we'll the plan. We trophy. haven't talked to them yet, but that, yeah. I wanted
0: to talk to them once yeah. we got the, the club established. I'm sure it won't be a problem. You know, yeah. I mean, so, problem. so the plan is we're going to have instead of. So in 2019 we had we had a, a winners dinner after each tournament. This year we're only going to do that one at the end of the year for all the winners, COVID permitting, obviously. But that's that's kind of why we only wanted to do one dinner because we didn't know what COVID was going to do. So we, we're going to have one dinner at the end of all the tournaments to to celebrate all the winners through through the year
1: very good um, I mean, yep. this is pretty exciting stuff i mean absolutely we're, we're doing it man you know we, we've been waiting a long time we've been you know i i, I always second guess that in the beginning because i want everything right now and i go 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 but i've learned through this you know probably a lot of patience which is something i'm not real good with you know i and don't, sure. don't believe you guys <laughs> see me lose my shit before so, I mean, <laughs> it ain't pretty when it happens but uh, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else that we want to touch on? No, we touched on the tournaments, touched on the club? No one more's um, for me. We got any questions here we need to answer anybody or anything? No, I, I think uh, everybody's no. just showing excitement. There's Mr. Aris Matos. Yep. What's going on, Aris? We'll be talking to you here real soon. Um, I don't have anyone more. Is you guys?
0: No. Gary, anyone more for you? No. That's it for me. So, uh, so I so, think Kaz you ought to leave us. Oh, you got you've got yeah, something to give I away before give we got a giveaway, right. so that's I gotta get ready. my kapow button ready.
1: That's right, that's right. You okay. only need it one time though. One that's time right. because you know what? We weren't giving away a bunch of stuff for every week, we were giving away a bushel of guaranteed Marilyn Crab. So my good friend Galen Griffith. Now this guy... Kapow! I can't tell you how many times I see him all the time sharing stuff, doing stuff, trying to help spread the word. So I didn't randomly just pick his name. The the name picker app pulled his name out of there. So Galen, you get a free bushel of mixed Maryland crabs, and you can pick them up this weekend at some point if you'd like to. I'll make arrangements with you. Shoot me a message. I know you're over here on the Eastern Shore somewhere, uh, and it's probably more convenient to do that. So we'll get those crabs to you. So remember, on any, any of the posts, you know, you, you, if you share any of the Blackwater's Edge posts, if you share any of the Crab Stand posts, share anything, you know, the Bait Boys. You know, believe it or not, the name picker app is going to pick up on some of that stuff for our Blackwater giveaways, which we're going to start doing down the road. You know, you will have people that have been picked for drawings. You know, we'll do the giveaways, and then we'll have some other stuff, too. So, anyway, Galen, you get that free bushel of mixed Maryland crabs, and let's leave them with a little crabby jingle because, folks, it is time. I'm not sure if you looked on the Facebook page, but the boys are loaded. We loaded down with pots over the the last couple days. I sent a little video up with that on the crab stand page. So, if you want to see it, go over there and check it out. But in the meantime... My crabs, they have three first names. It's heavy, full, and fat. My crabs, they have a fourth name. Absolutely mustard-packed! I like heavy crabs. I don't like light crabs. If you ask me where they're from, they're 100% guaranteed Maryland number ones. At that crap stand, here's a fact I know for sure we're coming back.
0: Kapow! Kapow! Kapow!